So I want to start this morning by reading from Acts chapter 16 and verse 1. He came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was a Jewess and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they travelled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. As we spoke about last week, we spoke about an apprenticeship, working together. And um, we read in the Acts that we've read that he recruited this young apprentice named Timothy to work alongside him, to come alongside him. And I love that he chose Timothy because he wasn't a guy who had it all together and came from a perfect family background. Um, He was actually, in 1 Corinthians 16 verse 10, we read that he could be fearful that he was timid, that he doubted his own abilities. He doubted himself. He wasn't that confident. He wondered whether his life could really make an impact. Does that sound familiar to some of us today, that we can relate to poor Timothy here in this situation? But Paul, he sees potential in Timothy And he grabs him and says to him, come on, I want you to serve alongside me in the mission that God has given me. And Jesus' model for spiritual growth is through building relationships with one another. And it's powerfully demonstrated between the relationship between Paul and Timothy, between their friendship. Paul became a spiritual mentor to Timothy Um, as he accompanied Paul on his missionary journeys. In fact, their relationship became so deep that we read in 1 Timothy 1 verse 2 that Paul describes Timothy as my true son in the faith. That's how close they were. That's how much Paul loved and respected Timothy. And their relationship gives us the perfect model to follow as we grow in faith together. So I want to look at four points this morning that we can draw about discipleship from the relationship between Paul and Timothy. Number one, making disciples is intentional. Okay, it's intentional. It doesn't just happen. We have to be intentional about it. Paul chose Timothy with intention. It didn't just happen by accident. Um, He chose him because he saw Timothy and he wanted him to grow in faith. He saw him and thought, I can get alongside him and I want this guy to grow spiritually. I want him to grow in his faith. And as followers of Jesus, each one of us, it's our responsibility individually to look at people And to think, who am I going to encourage in faith? Who am I going to help to grow spiritually? You know, one thing Martin and I love to do is to um, go for dinner. You know, we love to go out for dinner. Martin is a massive foodie, if you know Martin. He loves to cook and he loves nothing more. Thank 
Thank you, Lord. Um, to cook on a Friday, Saturday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. He loves to cook and he loves to cook for the family. And um, we love also going out for meals and slowly enjoying an evening together. And there's nothing nicer. It's quite hard in Guernsey, but there is nothing nicer than going and finding somewhere new and thinking this place is amazing and uh, it's good food and it's good atmosphere and good service. And um, what you do is, don't you, what, after you've been to somewhere like that, you go and tell people. You say to people, have you tried wherever? It's fantastic. The food's great. The service is great. We, you know, we love it. Come and join us or just go and try it. You tell people about that amazing place that you've discovered. And in exactly the same way, as we're feeding on the word of God, as we're hearing from the word of God, as God is challenging us and changing us, and we're being taught from God's word, we want to share it with others. It's a blessing to share what we're learning and what we're feeding on and what we're being taught with other people. And the word fellowship means so much more than simply just socializing with one another. How often do we find ourselves chatting about the things of God, what we're learning about God? That's how we should be talking. We should be talking about the things of God. When the Bible says that the early church in Acts devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, the word fellowship comes from the Greek word Koinonia. Now, I know many of you will know that, and it can be translated as communion or part, working in partnership or um, fellowship. And the idea is that the early church Christians, they were being taught the word of God, and then they wanted to share it with others. They were chatting about it. They were sharing it with one another. They were talking about what they had heard and what they were taught. And when we're walking with God and growing in faith, we need to be intentional about talking about the things of God. You know, we're talking about our front lines, our places of work last week. Tomorrow morning, you know, what will you go in and say? We used to be challenged about this a lot. You know, how was your weekend? You know, what will we say? Oh, the football was great. Or we went for a nice walk on the beach. Or we say, you know what? It's amazing because God spoke to me about this. You know, we need to be thinking about it and intentionally talking about the things of God, building one another up and encouraging one another in faith. It takes an intentional move of our hearts to do that. Secondly, making disciples is always centered on the word of God. It's centered on God's word. In 2 Timothy 3 verses 14 to 17, this is what we read. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learnt it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work." Paul encouraged Timothy to continue to keep on learning from God's word so that he would be equipped to do the good works that God had prepared for him. It's a really basic principle of our spiritual growth to get into God's word. 
It, we really need to be doing that. If we want to be learning about God, if we want to be learning about the ways of God, then we need to study this incredible book of God's word. Even if it's just reading a verse in the morning, and that's the first thing we do, and allowing that verse to sink into our minds throughout the day, it's really important that we are learning the word of God. It's our user's manual for life. It shows us what we need to do. It tells us where we're going wrong or what we're doing right. It tells us how to live. It tells us how to do our business, how our marriages, how it affects our marriages and our relationships. But so much more than that, the Bible tells us how to walk and how to know God, how to reflect the character of Jesus in our lives day by day. Everything that we need is found in the word of God. And we all, I imagine, have a Bible that we have at home. Yet sadly, so often it just remains unopened. You know, if we want to succeed in the growth of our Christian life, then we need to get the word of God into our hearts and into our minds. We really need to know the word of God. Now, if you struggle, you know, reading and, and understanding the word of God, then speak to us. We can help you with that. Listen to some worship songs. You know, you won't, it's unbelievable how often I used to find I knew a worship song, then someone would read a passage of scripture and I think I know that. You know, it's because it's been gone, sunk into my mind through worship. Do what you can to allow the word of God to sink into our lives day by day. And then we need to not just hear it, but obey what it says. Do what the word of God is telling us to do. You know, we need to think about that for a moment. If we want to grow spiritually, then regular Bible study needs to become part of our daily lives. It needs to become part of our routine. It's an essential. You know, it's not something that we outgrow. We think, oh, we've read it from cover to cover. Right, we've done that. We've outgrown it now. We can never outgrow it. Just like eating or breathing. You never think, oh, I've had enough food now. I'll stop tomorrow. That's it now for the rest of my life. We need to continually keep on doing it, putting God's word at the center of our lives. You know, Job, he wrote, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than necessary food. How amazing that verse is. I've treasured the words of God more than food to my body. I read an interesting little passage the other day that said this, what if we treated our Bibles like our mobile phones? Okay, you know, we need our mobile phones. We take them everywhere with us, don't we? We're totally dependent on our mobile phones. You have not seen the panic on my children's faces if one of their phones gets to 1% and they dash across the living room and plug in their phone to get the charge on it. You know, this is the way we are, isn't it? Our phones, if we lose our phones, utter panic. We can't live without them. Well, let's ask the question, what if we treated our Bibles like our mobile phones? What if we carried, around, carried it around in our handbags or our pocket? What if we flipped through it several times a day? What if we went back to get it if we forgot to take it out with us? What if we used it to receive messages from the text? What if we treated it like we couldn't live without it? What if we gave it to our children as a gift? What if we used it when we travelled? What if we used it in case of emergency? Now, I know those are just simple questions, but it made me think. It made me think again, where are my priorities? What am I putting my priorities on? You know, we need to be 
putting the word of God at the center of our lives. Thirdly, making disciples means that we are accountable to one another. Paul encouraged Timothy to be devoted and careful in the way that he lived. It says in 1 Timothy 4, watch your life and doctrine closely. You know, it's not simply enough just to know God's word, but we need to lovingly hold one another accountable to what God's word is saying for each one of us. Yesterday, Freya, my daughter, um, went into town and she spent her birthday money that she's been itching to spend since before Christmas. And uh, she built, bought a Lego, some Lego, different little sets. And uh, we sat and spent the afternoon building Lego. Um, and she was carefully following the instructions. And eventually, by following these instructions, the vehicles that she'd bought in this city had ended up looking like the picture on the front of the box. But, you know, if she was following those instructions wrongly, if she had put a piece in the wrong place, I would have sat down beside her and I would have taken apart the bits that had gone wrong. And I would have sat with her and shown her how to put it back together right again and how she could have the perfect end result. And in the same way, if we want our lives to reflect the nature and the character of Jesus, we have to follow the instructions of God's word. And it's really, really important that we're accountable to one another. We're accountable to one another when we're growing in our faith. Now, it doesn't mean that we have permission to condemn one another. That's not it at all. We never point fingers, you know. It used to be said, if you point one finger, there's always three pointing back at you. Um, we don't point fingers or condemn one another. But neither does it mean that we are so, so loving all the time that we lose our sense of discernment and standing up for what we know is right. You know, we need to also have that sense of discernment. Loving someone sometimes means putting them back on the right path. That's sometimes the loving thing to do so that they continue to live in the best plan that God has for their lives. You know, sometimes we need to do that. As followers of Jesus, it's not enough simply to know God's word, but we must hold each other lovingly accountable to what God's word is saying. Finally, and wait for it, this seems to have been a theme over the last few weeks, to make disciples, we need to reproduce. Paul's challenge to Timothy was to teach others that the, the, the things that he had learned from Paul so that Timothy could then go and teach others what he had learnt. And by doing that, they too could go and teach others. It went on. There was a multiplying. And as disciples, we must keep this in our mind all the time, that we make disciples who then make disciples. It's about making disciples to make more disciples. And that's why I absolutely love Alpha a bit of a shameless plug, but we have an Alpha course coming up after um, February half term. But that's where I love about it, because people sit on tables and they chat and they come to know Jesus and they grow in faith. And then so often they say, I'd love to lead or be part of the next one, inspiring other people who are then going to come on the course. That's exactly what it's about. And God wants to use you. And you might think, I can't help on Alpha because, you know, there's people who've done it so many times before and they're so well equipped. No, you can. 
You can. God wants to use each one of us. Those on your front line, as we said last week, are on your front line. They know that you are the follower of Jesus in their life circle. You might be the only person that they know who is a Christian on your front line. You can reach them. These are the people that God has called you to right now. These are the people that God has been working his way around so that you would be in that place at that moment, at that time. And he is choosing to use you to be a part of what he's doing in those people's lives. And that should be so exciting that actually God is using you in the work that he's doing in someone else. You might not even know them, but they are going to become part of your front line. Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Notice that he didn't say pray that we'd have more observers, that we'd have more consumers, we'd have more complainers. He said that we'd have more laborers, more workers to go out into the harvest. We need to pray, Lord, let it start with me. Let it begin with me. I will be a laborer. I don't know what I can do, but what I do have, I will give you even if it's just little crumbs, a little bit like that boy in the Bible with his loaves and his fish. He simply said, this is what I have. God, use it. I give it to you. And then watch what God can do. God can do a lot with a little. What did he do with that lunch? He multiplied it and thousands of people were fed through that one young child's obedience. He can take what you have and he can multiply it. He can give you the gifts and abilities that you never knew that you could possibly have, things you didn't have before. If you would just say, God, it's not much, but here it is. This is what I have. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Our goal is not to make one disciple, but it's to make lots of disciples, disciples who will make disciples. So in conclusion this morning, here's our challenge. I want to ask you, who are you walking with right now? Who are you walking with? Pause and look at your life right now. Who is your Paul? Who is your mentor? Who's your friend? Who's actively encouraging you and challenging you in your relationship with Jesus right now? Who are you allowing to speak into your life right now? doesn't matter about our ages. We should all have someone who is speaking into our lives right now. Now I want to ask you a question that maybe you've not even thought of before. Who is your Timothy? Who is your Timothy? A new believer, a younger Christian, Someone that you've committed to building up spiritually and relationally as you follow Jesus together. Who have you intentionally gone out and sought and thought, I want to encourage this person and build them up? Can I encourage you to really consider these questions? Because they're really important for our own growth and for the growth of others. 
You know, if you don't have those relationships right now, if you're sitting there thinking, I don't know who those people are, that's fine. That's okay. It's okay not to have those people right now. But can I encourage you to pray, to seek those people out, to find those people who can encourage you and who you can encourage. And if you don't know who, who the right people are, come and see us. We can point you in the direction. I could point you to hundreds of people who would love to have someone to walk alongside, to encourage them, to grow them, to just build them up in their faith. We each individually need to have that encouragement and that support around us. But equally, we need to be growing new disciples, passing on the wisdom, all those things that God has shown you over the years, passing on the wisdom and experience from years of growing in God's word.